Hi there, and welcome back to Good Distinctions. I'm your host, Will Wright, and today I'm joined by Martha Richardson. Martha, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Excellent. So I invited uh, I invited you on. Uh, we've never met. We met virtually. We we had a nice chat before we clicked record here, and that was great to get to know you. you're a, a nurse, a flight nurse on helicopters, which I think is super scary, but you seem to enjoy, and we're glad that people like you exist. But you, uh, we we connected because I had sent an email to Father David Michael Moses, who is on Instagram and YouTube and has a podcast. And I liked a lot of the stuff that he was doing. And so I reached out to invite him on the show. And I wasn't expecting him to have a communications team, which I think is awesome. And I'm not sure how organized that is. Please don't tell me because it seems super official. Okay. Um, but I, I was connected with you and you agreed to come on. And I'm very grateful because I want to talk about social media evangelization. And so we'll start first. Who are you? Uh, where are you from? And who is Father David Michael Moses generally and to you? Um, well, my name is Martha. And as you said, I'm a flight nurse. Um, I live in Houston, Texas been here pretty much my whole life. We moved here when I was seven from Corpus Christi for my dad's job. And Father David Michael is my cousin. Um, so we grew up pretty close together. He was over in Nassau Bay and I was over in Kima, but we grew up going to the same parish. And um, he was homeschooled for the majority of his life. And so was I. So sometimes, you know, we cross paths there. And then Going to college, um, he was a little bit more advanced than me. So he, he finished college when he was 18, and I started college when I was 18. <laughs> so um, he went to school with my older sister pretty frequently when he was in college. But then the time came to decide whether or not he was going to be a lawyer or a priest. And he decided to go the priest route um, after a lot of discerning and a lot of praying. So he did that. And we never really stopped talking completely just because of our schedules, but it wasn't, I, I would say recently within the last five years, we've gotten really close. Hmm. So, and it's been, it's been really fun to have this relationship develop with him. Um, we've always been relatives, but I would say that now we're really good friends too. So it's been, but really when his, um, the year in seminary where they get assigned to a parish mm -hmm. um, and they have to participate in the parish life. And sometimes they have to do reflections for the homily. And then in their diaconate year, they actually get up and do homilies. So when those two years rolled around, he started sending me some emails and asked me to review his reflections and homilies. And I was happy to do it. I did not think it was going to be a long-term thing. I just looked at a few things and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Or, you know, you should modify this joke or I think this would be better or, you know, just little feedback here and there. And that kind of snowballed into um, he sends, you know, Instagram videos or content that he's working on for the concert for life or just ideas that he has in general or songs that he's writing. And he just wants a, a second pair of eyes, some feedback, just to say, 
you know, how does this look or how do you think people would respond to this? Um, and I give him an honest opinion. Sometimes it's not a great one, <laughs> but sometimes, I mean, he comes up with a lot of great content. So most of the time, everything's a 10 out of 10, but he, he's very conscious of what he puts on Instagram and the things that he's involved in. So I think it's good that he has a couple of people. I think he sends it to a few other people as well, just mm -hmm. to kind of get a well-rounded view of how his audience may or may not respond to it. And um, yeah, so can I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what I saw when I was on Instagram and uh, started, well, I, I really started getting into Instagram more when I started Good Distinctions and I came across his page through Reels. It actually just showed up. Uh, and they were funny. I mean, they were, they were really good, but then out of nowhere, I would be inspired. I would be sort of moved to say, okay, I need to be praying for my priests more. Uh, or I, I feel like I was being educated and these reels and I, I make reels occasionally and I'm not very good at it yet. I'm still working on it, but like, they're pretty short. It's a short forum, uh, uh, medium rather. So you have to get the point across in a way that is pretty quick. I mean, it's got to grab people's attention, uh, which he's really good at. But then it also needs to be well-focused. And I think he has a good balance of content as well. I I, I also uh, really like um, Father Sam French from Australia. Like, I think they have sort of a kindred spirit. Um, but, you know, I have to be honest. I have seen a lot of content from priest creators before, especially on X or whatever it's called now, Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I was not a fan. I was like, this is either ridiculous or utterly cringy or just over the top. But, but when I saw um, father David Michael's content, I thought, okay, this isn't over the top. It's not cringy. It's actually funny. It has a point. It's intentional. And I think that's what grasped me. So as you were talking, it seems like he is very intentional about what he's putting out. And I, I love that he sends it to people because I think a lot of these other guys, especially on X, and this could be priests, lay people, whoever, no one should be able to put out their thoughts without any filter immediately. It's just a dangerous thing. So it's it's really good to hear that he uh, that he takes that sort of he seeks out feedback. It's not just that he takes it, but he, that he seeks it out. I think mm -hmm. it's a very, very important step to being authentic, to being um, uh, really genuine in what he's trying to do. So sort of in that vein, what, what would you say was his purpose in setting out and has that changed his mission, if you will, for creating content? Cause yeah. I'm sure he has his hands full as a parish priest. Yes, he does. Definitely. Um, I would say that the, the thing that he tries to focus on is how can I get as many people to come to the Catholic Church and believe its teachings eventually get to heaven? So hmm. I think he tries to focus with social media specifically. And like you're saying about the reels, you know, it's a, it's a quick video, but you want to capture people. And I think that he tries to use that platform to really bring people in and say, mm. okay, that was interesting, or that was funny, or how can I, how can I get people to 
his page specifically and scroll through his stuff and either be educated or inspired, just like you're talking about, and really get them to say, okay, well, maybe this isn't boring because, you know, you talk to the average Catholic and maybe one that's not very well catechized and they think church is boring or they don't want to go because the music isn't very good or they don't want to go because they don't understand what's going on or they don't want to go at all because it's not, it doesn't feel like it's for them. Hmm. And I think what Father Dave Michael tries to do is say, this is for you. And, you know, you may not be someone that can quote the catechism from cover to cover, but the mass is still for you. Jesus is still for you. And heaven is still for you. So I think he's just trying to get people in. And he Hmm. wants as many people to get to heaven as possible. So he tries to use social media platforms to accomplish that. Well, and there's a, there was a video, I, I don't remember how long ago it was, of a priest during Mass on a hoverboard. And it made me, that's exactly the face that I made. It was scandalous. Oh, I was like, this is you. awful. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? And so he's not doing any of that. No. But then like, I do see pictures of him skateboarding and playing guitar and all these other things. But it's, it's like it's all in its proper place. And I think that's what I like about it. It's there's an integrity there mm-hmm. where there's a primacy of, okay, get to heaven, go to mass, be a follower of Jesus Christ. But for example, I see it. I, I mean, it says right on his Instagram that he's 30. So like, first of all, I feel old. I'm 32. So I'm like, why, when did priests suddenly become younger than me? Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he has this way of inviting, as you say, like mm-hmm. it's all invitational nobody's excluded nobody's outside of the joke which i think is also really important because it's so mm-hmm. easy on social media to get um let's say uh snarky or mm-hmm. or gimmicky so maybe mm-hmm. it's not mean-spirited but maybe it's just gimmicky right um, so sort of along that same vein i mean besides besides your cousin what it, how do you view social media this is going to be a huge question and we'll see where, where we go with it. But how do you view social media versus in-person community? Like how do those square up to you? Is it an extension? Is it another world? I think it depends on the content. So with Father J. Michael's page, specifically on Instagram, um, I think it's more of an extension of a community. I think what you're talking about, you know, certain platforms can be sort of exclusionary and not really reach the people that, you know, globally maybe want to need to be reached. I think that it's, um, I think for the most part, it's an extension for Father David Michael, but I Mm. can see how for other content creators, you know, they're trying to get a certain point across or sell a product. Mm-hmm. But Father and Michael is trying to get everybody into heaven. So if, you know, you are just scrolling and you see his reel and you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that accomplishes that. Even if you're not Catholic, even if you don't go to his parish, he still kind of brings you in. 
Um, I use my social media platform on Instagram specifically to document travels. That's just what I use it for. So I'm not trying to bring people into heaven with my Instagram page, but I, I think for Father Dave Michael, he uses it an extension of his community. Hmm. Well, it is an extension of his, his priesthood. Cause I, I've thought about this as well as, and I was talking to my, one of my friends, um, especially when it relates to bishops hmm. and using social media, but I think priests to an extent as well, priests, as bishops, especially, but priests as well have jurisdiction. They have a specific parish that they are assigned to, but with father David Michael, I mean, his, his reach, I mean, he has 180,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. That's a pretty big flock. Yeah. No, it's not the same. Obviously, like the people that he knows and is in community with in his parish, uh, there's no substitute to that, to that in-person connection with the priests, especially through the sacramental life. Mm -hmm. But 180,000 followers that you upload something and they see it and they share it. And then, I, I mean, the compounding effect there, truly the reach is huge. Yeah. Uh so that that's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. And I think that's one of the reasons that he's so intentional about what content he because it goes to a very large group of people. Mm. And the last thing that he wants to do is push someone away or offend someone or then think less of priesthood or the Catholic Church because of something they saw on Instagram. And kind of what you're saying about Everything has its place. Mm. He, one of the things that I really appreciate is that he, he does try to find this balance between, you know, the Lord is going to use you and all your gifts and who you are as a person, even though he's asked Father Day Michael to be a priest. So it doesn't mean he has to give up skateboarding or surfing or swimming or biking or whatever it is that he wants to accomplish that day. He can mm -hmm. still do those things and be himself and then turn around and say a mass and be in persona Christi. So he, the Lord is not going to say, you have to give up who you are and who I created you as in order to serve 180,000 people on Instagram. So he, he does have this, a good balance of saying, okay, well, this can be fun, you know? The, the church is beautiful and there's so much truth and richness and wholeness here, but I'm going to show you that I can also skateboard and then talk to you about something out of the catechism. So it's not boring, you know? There was one in particular that I thought was just <clears throat> perfect and hilarious where it sort of combined that sort of fun, uh, loose element, but then got very serious at the end but it softened the blow and it was the one where I, it's the that trend where you jump off of something backwards and then fall and then something comes out of the shoe with a message and his just said go to confession yeah <laughs> hilarious i mean that's come on that's yeah. perfect but <laughs> but there's so many like i worked in a parish for seven years people are terrified of confession they are. They don't want to go. And so I can imagine that somebody, I mean, 180,000 followers plus the mm -hmm. world, somebody saw that and went, that's funny. I'm in a good mood. Now I'm thinking about confession, but I'm mm -hmm. still laughing. Like psychologically, that sure. that's so cool. You can't yeah. do that in real life. True. Uh, 
I mean, there's no way to sort of make that humor land. Right. Um, so it's really interesting. One thing you had said that he doesn't want to make people feel offended. I totally get that, but I want to get into that a little bit further to see what your thoughts are. Because, <sighs> I mean, I run into this as well. The, the Internet especially represents the whole world and all of the weird people in it. Uh, all the weird people. I'll just put it, I'll just put it that way. So <laughs> if you say something, somebody's going to be upset about it. And especially when it's what the church says. So, I mean, what's the, what's the line? It, maybe you've talked about this with them. Maybe you haven't, but at least from your own mind, like what's the difference between speaking the truth in charity versus speaking what is true, but being offensive? Right. I think it's a, a, a very fine line hmm. and it's, I think one of the things that he avoids by getting feedback from a certain group of people. So I'm single and then maybe he sends it to someone who's married and then maybe he sends it to, you know, someone who's out of our age group and then Mm. maybe a priest friend just to get different reactions from a different set of people. So I think he, avoids a lot of negative feedback because he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, people in different walks of life are going to receive things differently. So absolutely. Yeah. I think despite that, there's obviously some negative feedback every once in a while. And you, one thing that I've tried to encourage him to do is consider the source. Mm-hmm. So who did you get the negative feedback from? Was it somebody you love and respect and trust? Was it said in a way to help you or to bring awareness to a situation? Or was it said out of anger that they just not like what you had to say? What is what you said theologically sound? Is it in accordance with the Catholic church or did you make a mistake? So Taking all those things into consideration, I think, is important when you receive any kind of feedback, whether it be positive or negative. And then also just considering if it's true or not. So Father Mike Schmitz has said something Hmm. that I think about frequently and is that there's no reason to ever be offended. And the reason is, is because if you get feedback from someone and you're offended by it, you need to say two things. One, is it true? And two, is it not true? And if it is mm. true, then how can I adjust my behavior or what I said? And if it's not true, yeah. then it doesn't matter. So it, it's good, I think, not to just be dismissive of people's feedback if it's negative and you just don't want to hear it. Mm. I think it's important for self-development and you know, maybe even to humble yourself to hear the negative feedback and say, okay, well, maybe I did cross a line or maybe even to have more of a one-on-one conversation with that person and say, okay, well, why did you not like what I had to say? And then maybe dig deeper into that a little bit and adjust what it is their understanding of what you said was, or maybe say, okay, well, I appreciate your feedback, but what you're saying is not what I said. 
this is what I said, and redirecting them to the point that you were trying to make in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people hated Jesus, so you're not going to have everybody be totally in love with you, especially on social media. So um, I, I, I'm always, especially as a flight nurse, you know, you have to get feedback all the time. And some of it's negative and some of it's positive. And sometimes the negative feedback, it, you don't want to hear it because you you didn't want to be the one to have made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just that one person's preference on how to do something, but you didn't really do anything wrong. So considering the source, where it comes from, what the feedback is, and then taking it into consideration and saying, okay, well, I need to look at this more, or this person is coming from a place of pain and hurt, and maybe I can sit down with them and adjust their expectation for X, Y, and Z. That's incredibly hard to do. It is very <laughs> everything hard you just said. Everything you just said, I completely <laughs> echo. I think it's very wise, uh, especially Father Mike Schmitz's uh, sort of is it true or is it not true? Let's figure that out first. Super important to do. Um, but if if people, I mean, people listening, if you're anything like me, your emotions get the better of you in the moment and you go, okay, but wait a minute, I'm right. So you suck and I need to remedy this situation. Mm-hmm. And then no, I have to tamp that down and be like, okay, no, no, no. And then everything mm-hmm. you said kind of comes in, but it, it is different on the internet. It's very, very different on the internet than it is in real life. And this is the thing that I'm I'm struggling to understand, and I think about this a lot, is how do we interact as a community, as a as humanity on the internet? Because in social media, first of all, it's utterly curated. I mean, we're very, very selective about what we put on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said that you put things while you're traveling. I, I doubt that you put things that aren't pretty to you or I don't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. so, um, but I mean, like when we see that and, and then we get feedback, first of all, that, that actually hurts more in some ways because mm-hmm. this is something I've specifically curated. I was thoughtful about this. I put it on there for a reason. And then I get feedback. It feels more personal for some reason. Um, so I don't know. It's it's just this. Uh, I I say this to my students a lot at the school that, and this is this is true. This is the statistic that the current generation spends more time at home with their parent. The current generation in high school now spends more time at home with their parents than any previous generation in human history, statistically really? speaking. But they're the most lonely, wow. which is just tragic. Absolutely tragic, which has, I mean, I'm sure immediately my mind goes to, okay, well, it's cell phones, it's technology use, Mm -hmm. but I think it's deeper than that. I think in some ways we've almost forgotten how to connect. Mm -hmm. We've forgotten how to have conversations uh, about real things and maybe even be offended, maybe even be upset and allow that not to stop us, but to push us further into a charitable conversation where we seek to understand, okay, what is the person in front of me actually trying to say? Because that, that takes a lot of humility. Right. Um, 
so I mean, there's a lot to think about in what you said, but one thing I I want to ask about is as a flight nurse, I mean, it's like my impression of this, and I've never been in a helicopter in that sort of situation, but it would seem to me that that's a pretty high stress situation for most people. Mm-hmm. And the person who's in front of you is probably not having the best day of their life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the great wisdom that you're sharing and then thinking about this high stress situation. So, I mean, is this something, I mean, without getting too personal, like, is this something that you've had to cultivate your whole life? Is it something that's more temperamental and part of your personality? Or is it something that you had to really learn on the job and like make it or break it? I would say it's not part of my temperament because I like to fight. Mm. Uh, I'll fight. I'll fight with you all day long to get my. Well, you're also cards. from Texas, so it comes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, <so>. That's true. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's been cultivated over the last several years. Hmm. I've definitely, especially in my early uh, nursing days in the ICU, I love to be right all the time. I, you know, if I was wrong, then I wasn't going to admit it. I was just going to sort of shove that under the rug and, and not talk mm-hmm. about it. But I've yelled at plenty of doctors to try to get my, my point across or to get an order that I needed or try to make a point because I was right, you know. But it just wasn't very productive. It, it mm. made me feel good in the moment. But in the long run, you were the person that was not nice. You know, and I didn't want to be the person who, you know, I got what I wanted, but Mm. at what cost? You know, I bust at doctors who were in their developing phase of being a doctor. You know, these these people didn't have any more experience than I did. So what was the point of yelling at them as opposed to having a conversation and saying, "Okay, I think this would be beneficial for the patient versus this or they disagreed with me. I sort of started to say, okay, well, what is your thought process behind this? Or why do you think that? And there's been plenty of times when I put my foot in my mouth and had to swallow my pride and and say I was wrong. And um, working as a nurse, you just work with so many different kinds of people mm-hmm. from all walks of life, of all ages, of all different backgrounds. And I think if you approach situations, instead of adding to the conflict, and if you approach it in a way that says, okay, well, what is the real goal here? The goal is to care for the patient and do what's best for the patient. So I think I, I, I was tired of fighting with people and being angry all the time because I didn't get what I wanted. So I just said, okay, well, how can I still accomplish this for patients, but not be so rude about it all the time? Mm. And then kind of going back to social media for a second, it people say whatever they want because they're behind the screen, you know? And yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people who bite their tongue and don't say anything because they're like, okay, well, what's the point of that? But there's also plenty of people who say whatever they want because it's not face-to-face and wouldn't in a million years say it to someone in person. So it's mm-hmm. given them this freedom 
and, and they get off the hook for any sort of consequence for what they said. Maybe they'll get a reply and, and some you'll say like, okay, well, maybe that's not what he was talking about or maybe he meant this or maybe he meant that. But people are, people are bravest on social media when they can't be contacted for any sort of recourse mm. for their actions. Yeah, and there's no accountability. Scary. Yeah, there's no accountability. And it's a little scary that people have that mentality because there's somebody on the other side of that. Like Father Dave Michael reads those comments. His communications team read those comments and say, okay, um, maybe we need to take this into account or maybe this person is just angry or this isn't really what we were trying to say. And sometimes it's helpful to respond to those comments and provide some clarity. But sometimes there's no point because, mm -hmm. and you can kind of, start to read the tone behind certain people and say, okay, well, this person is angry at life and I don't really need to take into account what they're saying. Or, you know, it's worth addressing this comment so that everyone else who reads the comment isn't also confused. So you kind of have to sort through those things and determine what's worth spending your time on and what's not. So, Well, but, that again just shows the intentionality. I, you know, Catholic Answers, I think, does this really well. I, um, especially on their Facebook page, people will comment all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But whoever's in charge of um, responding to those is very, very charitable. Way more charitable than I would be <laughs> at that job. Uh, I used to fight with people all the time on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. And I, I, I've stopped doing it for the most part. Mm -hmm. Every now and then I'll catch myself and I'll say, what Protestant nonsense? And then it's mostly, and it's not just, okay, I see Protestant theology and I want to comment. It's the people that are being anti-Catholic that are bashing right. things that they don't understand, like being, right. uh, well, you worship Mary or, or you idol you're idolaters because of the monstrance or whatever, like mm -hmm. these things. But again, what's actually going to be accomplished in having those mm -hmm. debates online? Probably not much. Mm -hmm. but. One of the things that came up as you were speaking is for Father David Michael and for other priests, somebody might be railing against them that just has a problem with the church right. because they're literally wearing the black. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're the target because they are the church. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, but I think as you're speaking as well, I think there's so much that we can gain from everything you had to say about how we deal with other people, especially learning how to navigate, okay, I know I'm right, or I think I'm right. How do I talk about this in an evangeliz in evangelization? Mm -hmm. How do we share the gospel? Because if, again, like you said, it's about the patient, mm -hmm. right? Well, what is our patient? Our patient is, in a sense, like metaphorically speaking, leading people to an encounter with Jesus Christ. Well, if that's the goal, then I don't want to be an abrasive jerk. Right. Right. So it puts it in clarity. <laughs> yeah. Right. But how often, like, I know, I know people like this who they get so worked up because they're like, no, this is the truth. This is what the Catholic church says. And it's true. And everyone needs to stop being awful and blaspheming and all these other things. So I'm just going to, I'm going to tell them the truth. Well, that might actually, that antagonism might actually drive people further away. Exactly. Uh, so I think that idea of focus on the patient, focus on the, the goal, focus on the point. 
uh, really, really strategic, very wise. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I just, I, my parents are both nurses and my, my wife's a nurse. I told you this before we started recording, but, and I think I've said this on the show maybe, but I just think about all the stories they've told me working in an ICU, working in the ER, um, different talks with doctors. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always interesting. Yeah, there's, like I said before, there's a lot of different personalities. So you really have to wade through that. Otherwise, you're just going to be angry and mad. Well, and so too with evangelization, right? As we're sharing mm-hmm. the good news, if we're sharing the gospel with someone, chances are it's going to be someone who's not in the church. It's going to be someone out on the street. Exactly. And, and those are the people that you want to talk to because those are the people that aren't going to church with you. They're not sitting next to you in the pew. So it's easy to talk to the person in the pew. It's easy to talk to the person in the narthex or walk into your car. But it's the people that are out on the street or in the hospital or in the grocery store that you really have to pay attention to how you're speaking to them about things. Because the minute somebody's ugly to them about a conversation topic that they don't understand, you know, it's just a turnoff. They're they're not Mm going to listen to what you have to say. So approaching them and everyone around them with a different tone is is essential, I think, if you're going to make any progress. Absolutely true. But I would also add that it has to be genuine. So as you said, it's something that it takes practice. It takes growing in virtue. Um, because if we just sort of go around trying to mind our P's and Q's and we're going to be on our best behavior, but inside we're just seething. Um, okay. That's not going to work because people Mm -hmm. are going to see right through that. They're going to see how fake we are. So uh, the only, uh, viable option then is to actually be holy. It's to grow in virtue, to be a saint. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I think that's a good place to end, actually. I, that that I think was that's, a good sentence it. just by itself. So it's great. Right. So any any final thoughts? Where where can people find uh the work of Father David Michael? So he you can find him on Instagram. Um his handle is father underscore David underscore Michael. Excellent. So go check that out. Go give him a follow. He's got 180,000. Let's make it 181,000 or more. Uh, But Martha, any final thoughts? No, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. It's been, it's been wonderful having you on. Thanks for talking and thanks for sharing about your life and, and all of that wisdom that comes from uh, being a nurse. I have a soft spot in my heart for nurses. So thank you for answering your vocation because it is a vocation. Uh, a lot of people have jobs. Yeah. I think nurses have vocations. <laughs> so that is um, generous. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Martha. And for those listening, to find out more about Good Distinctions, especially go to gooddistinctions.com. You can also find us at YouTube, Instagram, Facebook at Good Distinctions. And Good Distinctions are the spice of life. Martha, thanks for coming on. Thank you.